0: Welcome to the late night race review. Is there rain in Spain or is it just George's sweaty helmet? It's confirmed Ferrari Clown College is back in session. Aston Martin, the best of the rest, but did Mercedes just jump the queue? And McLaren are back. Well, they were for about 30 seconds. It's the Spanish GP. Don't forget to support the podcast by hitting those like, follow, and subscribe buttons. Welcome back, everyone, to the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and with me, as always, is Azidro Gonsalves. We're without Scotty this week, so there's nobody to hold the reins back on my rants this week, So, uh, unless Azidro's going to take over from Scotty here. So uh, I've been left in charge of the house, so let's see if we can wreck this place a little bit more. So let's before we get stuck into the Barcelona Grand Prix, we have an F1 Fantasy League. As everyone knows, anyone who listens each week, um, you can search for us on the F1 Fantasy website using Late Night Race Review. Uh, no changes at the top yet. We're still waiting on the results to come in, but there's prizes at the end of the on, on the end of the season. So feel free to jump in and uh, be a part of that. And like I said, with a bit of luck, you will get your swag at the end of the season. Anyway. Let's get on to the more important things of the race day. Isidro, what did you make of the race today?
1: I think it was a great race. It was uh, it was good to see McLaren doing well in the qualification. And then disappointment after, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> that's, that's how long it lasts. McLaren's Literally. They, yeah. they went back normal, basically.
0: Yeah, there was they they had their, their their moment in the in in the sun, but it's uh, the sun. The clouds came over pretty damn fast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I enjoyed it. I think it was. A, if I was rating it out of ten, I think I'd give it a um, probably. I I'd give it a a, a six. A, a soft six, solid five. I think I'd have given it. Uh, I enjoyed it. There was a bit of overtaking. I think the fact that there's no battle up the front um, for the race win sort of takes the shine off off a race still for me. Um, but, uh, all right, let's, let's, let's jump in and, and, and sort of dissect some of the, some of the race and, and some of the teams. Uh, so Red Bull, we had Max finishing obviously in first, uh, and then we would Sergio Perez who, uh, came in at fourth. Um, so let's, uh, let me actually just bring up what I want to have the starting grid here as well, just so I can do the comparisons quickly without, uh, jumping back and forth too much. So, all right, let's start Let's start with Max Verstappen. I mean, that was the obvious one. I mean, he cruised the race. I mean, we, we could see even when he was getting the black and white flags for exceeding track limits, probably because he was dozing off and just being able to cruise around. He was told, okay, you know, track limits, just bring it home. And he was kind of thinking, no, I want the fastest lap. So he just... Upped his pace by, I think he must have upped his pace by half a second or something like that on on Hamilton. So, yeah. Well, what what did you make of his race there? Another another commanding performance, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think Max was doing so well he could stop in the in the pit, change tires, go back, and you wouldn't see anyone on the on his mirrors. It was uh, he did that once, twice, and it was always the same. Nothing it was just him alone driving. A, and you risk a bit doing the the fast lap because you risk a bit, but he knows it was what 16 seconds, even if he got the penalty, it it'll be was five, five seconds, seconds. It's real worth it to get a point for the five seconds.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean it was a five second penalty. I mean what, what did you have to lose even if you did get that penalty? Um yeah look there's not much to say really at this stage I mean we said it every week we're saying the same thing about how good of a, a commanding drive it was I thought this one was maybe a little bit more concerning that it it genuinely felt this week that he was cruising like I know I know we say that each week that you know oh max is out, out front no no competition but I don't know I just had this feeling that he, he, it was like he was coasting downhill and took his foot off the accelerator and he was, just, he was just literally coasting around. And as soon as he needed to put in a little bit of effort to get the fastest lap, Gundot got the lap done and back to cruising again and still finished 20-odd seconds ahead of uh, Lewis. I think if there was any... Danger. If he if he if he wanted to, and he thought there was any danger, I think he could have finished. I think the time that he could have finished in in, in the time gap between Lewis and uh, Max by the end could have been m- double that if he was pushing for the whole race. But he wasn't. He was just coasting. That's my concern.
1: Yeah, and Max didn't even start
0: on soft tires. No, he was on yeah. hards. Oh yeah. no, with medium Sorry, he started on medium Sorry it was on medium everyone
1: else was on soft i think paris was on hard or medium as well
0: medium but we get to that disaster but
1: even that didn't didn't got any trouble red bull on medium was still faster than the yeah Hamilton on softs
0: no well for for, for max was, uh, yeah well exactly and max was still gaining time over everybody else on softs um now look maybe that was also a sign of um the tire performance on this track and the weather conditions and stuff like that but yeah but uh, anyway, look. Let's roll on from Max Verstappen. There's only so much, kind of. Ferris was polishing a
1: bit of disappointment. I think he start. I mean, he was side by side with uh, with Russell, so I was expecting him to just follow Russell. But Russell was starting. He did a very good start. I mean, after, what three or four races, Russell was already two or three positions up. Ferris was still struggling to get mm. to the top ten.
0: The, with with Perez I thought so he started 11th finished 4th <clears throat> i mean finishing 4th is still a good you know you know it's good haul of points i thought starting on the mediums was maybe not in, in the in the fact that he was finished or sorry starting in 11th i would have thought maybe going with the softs to basically get yourself track position at the start was maybe a better option i know it's we're talking hindsight here but i thought the mediums wasn't maybe the way to go. I mean, obviously, look, it works for Max Verstappen, but I mean, he's a completely different animal when it comes to race drivers. So anything would work for him. But I didn't think Perez, for me, I know a lot of people were kind of thinking he, you know, he he did well, he got up to fourth, but I think he's he's doing terrible at the moment. Between the qualifying and having to do these recovery drives to start with, that's one issue. Second issue is, I just don't think he's coming through the pack quick enough. I mean, we saw how quick the Red Bull is, so we know it's fast. We also know that Sergio Perez is a quick driver as well. But I just didn't think he, he made it through the pack quick enough. And I do th- genuinely think there was a P2 in that race for him. Uh, in There was certainly a P2 in that car. Never Whether there was a P2 in that car with Perez driving it, I don't know. But there was definitely a P2 in that in that Red Bull car he was driving.
1: Yeah I agree. Yeah it took it took a long time for him to get fast maybe reach B7 or B6 after that it was quick to get to the B4 position. Mm. But once he got to B4 Russell was already too far away and Russell also start to pick up some speed because he knew that if he keep up if he didn't go faster eventually uh, Paris would get there but yeah I agree Paris was a bit slow. He should have been much, much faster.
0: Yeah, and and even when they were talking about him catching up with um, George Russell by the end of the race, um, I think you know, with ten laps to go, there was a push on. You know, the, the his race engineers were coming on telling him to give everything. I, I, I just I didn't think that George Russell was ever going to be under pressure. And I think even if you, know, as he was kind of the, the the seconds were coming down, and I think he got maybe within three or four seconds. I didn't even feel even if there was another five laps. I just didn't think he was going to get within reaching distance of Russell. And even if he did, I don't think he was going to get past him. Maybe the turn one because the DRS is quite strong and and you know without the chicane now on that uh, on that uh, kind of the final corners. But yeah, yeah, it was. Bit, I, I I was a bit. I thought it was a bit disappointing from from Perez myself. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on. It's enough of Red Bull. We know how good they are. So let's uh, let's stop, uh, like I said, polishing their ego. Uh, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. So Lewis Hamilton obviously getting P two. George Russell P three. Um, I mean, Lewis getting P two from P four start. Um, which let's yeah let's let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to give the kind of the, the start and finish positions first. But Lewis Hamilton and mercedes as a whole so this might kind of this might bundle into one kind of answer okay how do you rate his drive today versus how much of that was uh, also attributed to possible upgrades that came with that mercedes from that were, were were put in in monaco
1: i think for hamilton it was an average drive there was not uh, i didn't I, I didn't see anything special to say oh hamilton did great Mm-hmm. i mean he only had norris in front of him and that was easy enough to go through and then science kind of disappeared so hamilton just had to cruise on the p2 and i think this weekend we finally saw the upgrades that mercedes was talking about in monaco we couldn't see that today was a track to see that the upgrades did work i mean mercedes having ap 2 p3 it's been a while since we see uh, both mercedes drivers on podium so it, it was great. I think today it was more an effort from the team than from the drivers. I mean, Russell did very well going from a P,
0: P12 and finished a P2. Well, just before we go on to, to Russell, on, on Lewis Hamilton, do you think there was more to get from that car? Um, so I know you're saying like, you know, you felt he was kind of, you know, he settled into that P2 and, you know, he wasn't really under much pressure. Do you think there's a bit of, you know, people assume now that the Red Bulls are going to be so far ahead that they're more conscious of where P3 is behind them, as opposed to maybe extracting more and pushing harder, you know, because maybe they're thinking, look, we're not going to get close to the Red Bulls anyway. So there's more of about managing the gap behind as opposed to the gap in front when it comes to a 20 second gap. Do you think there's more of you know when you see a 20 second gap, do you think I, I, I'm i just coasting now? I'm making sure no one comes up from behind, but I there's no point in me sh- stretching the, the car any further than it, it needs to be.
1: I, I think there's still more Mercedes uh, to see. I believe there's, uh, I think Hamilton and Russell are, strat- are starting to trust a little bit more on the car, mm-hmm. they see uh, an evolution. So, I believe it's a matter of start trusting and see, well, this guy's actually good and I think we can push him a bit, we can push the car over and over if they can get the Red Bulls I'm not sure, but they can definitely do better than they've they done so far
0: Yeah, and we'll, before we move on from Mercedes, we'll talk about the upgrades and how it's kind of affecting the, the pecking order in the grid, but just before we do, on George Russell then, um, I mean, what, what would you say started P12 was it? Yeah, P12 yeah. finished P3 um, what do we make of his race? I mean, at the start of the race, obviously, I think it was a little bit of a, I won't say controversy, that might be a little bit of a harsh word, but he did go to that runoff area a little too quick, I think, for me, um, and kept the pace going. I, I, I felt it was a bit of an advantage, but uh, I think, I think uh, uh, Sky were showing a bit of a replay and the fact that he was just slightly ahead of the McLaren that was on the outside, um or sorry on the inside that that was enough justification as to why he went on the, or that he you know he didn't get a penalty by going off the runoff area and gaining an advantage but um that all in what what did what did we make of his, his drive today
1: i think it was it was a great drive from russell he did some risky moves like the one you're talking about mm. but it paid off i mean he started on p12 and on p2 that's uh, p3 sorry and I mean, what can you say about that? The, I think that one of the upgrades was leaking on uh, Russell's helmet. Oh, apparently. yeah. That was, I forgot, actually. I, I, needed, <laughs> I needed to
0: mention that. Uh, but
1: overall, I think it was a great way to drive from Russell. He I was stressing find... the car. He knew the car mm. and the fact that he was able to just go through the pack from P12 to finish on the on the podium. it tells a lot. Yeah, and I think if they tells... start...
0: Sorry, go on. It tells that he's stressing the car and the team again more and more. And that's it. I was going to say that. if I, I felt if the, if the two of them, started, Hamilton and Russell, started on the, the same row of the grid together, I felt that Russell was pushing that car a little bit more than Lewis was. Um, Especially, like, Russell was coming, after his pit stops, he was coming out in traffic and having to sort of battle with cars a lot more than Lewis was. Uh, and he was still and he was pushing hard he was making overtakes he was getting his track position so i think yeah i I felt russell did a great job um and gave us all false hope that there was rain on the way because i have to say as much as you know give it a solid five soft six in terms of a rating out of 10 for the race it would have bumped it up a couple of points had there been a bit of rain coming and we had uh the radio call from George Russell saying, you know, a bit of rain at turn five. We saw Christian Horner with his hand out in the pit lane, checking for rain, a bit of promise. And then the next radio call to say, oh, sorry, it was just the sweat on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that before. Uh But what what did we make of the, the? the let's lo- look at the, the pecking order here just briefly. We won't go through everybody, but just on the Mercedes, and I suppose Aston Martin might come into this conversation a little earlier than we want, but the Mercedes seem to have uh, jumped people a little bit in the, in the jump teams in the, in the pecking order. What do you think with the upgrades that they brought? I know it's early. We were only on one race in and Toto Wolf did say that this was, could have been very much conditions pending that it was sort of perfect conditions for their car. But I mean, there was a big drop off from everybody else
1: yeah the for the for the Mercedes the upgrades work but for Aston Martin there was definitely a step back I have to say I wasn't hmm. expecting to see Alonso to finish in P7 and stroll in P6 yeah this was uh, uh an open track not a close one like Monaco I was expecting more from Aston Martin and they they struggle to get uh to get more than just P P5 and P6 so I don't think the upgrades worked that much for them. Well, yeah, and
0: we'll, uh, we'll talk about Aston Martin a bit as well. We were going—I was going to talk to about Ferrari next, but we'll, I think it, it's kind of all included into what we're talking about here. I mean, like I said, yeah, Lance Stroll—excuse um, <coughs> me, Lance Stroll—finishing uh, P six, and then Alonso P seven, and it was obviously a nice bit of uh, some sort of teamwork there, where Alonso re- kind of decided not to overtake. Uh, stroll at the end even though he was obviously going a little bit quicker which I think he was right in doing that I don't think there was any I don't I don't think he's under any illusion that he's going to win the world championship this year so I think it, it was better to have both teams coming home scoring points than for them to be battling out over sixth and seventh place um but that aside I mean you know as as lovely as that moment was I mean a bit concerning for Aston Martin dropping back quite as far as I mean we've we've been seeing Alonso consistently on the podium since the start of the season. And now we're seeing him like, I mean, he was, it wasn't that he finished seventh. Like it was a bit of a struggle to get that seventh place. I mean, he was pretty much most of the the race around P nine and not really gaining anywhere. So um, what do you think happened? I mean, are, are these upgrades not working or upgrades on other cars are working better? Uh, what, what's, what's your opinion on it?
1: I think the upgrades didn't work for them. I mean, all the teams got upgrades and they did slightly better, mm. but uh, I I, I, didn't, I didn't see the Aston Martin today as the Aston Martin that we've seen in the past five races. No, yeah. it was like it was Aston Martin from 2022 almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we saw that people were saying about the you know Alonso had a poor qualifying, he had floor damage. Understood. Uh, that's that's fair. That's a fair copy. I mean, he went off there, uh, coming onto the pit straight, um, in qualifying, damaged the floor. The car impacted his the rest of his qualifying session. Fine, get that, but it doesn't account for why he didn't wasn't able to make more of an effort to recover, even when ca- cars around him were on hard tires, and I think he was on a soft at one se- at one, one point, and he wasn't making very much in in the way of inroads into anyone ahead of him. So, yeah, bit concerning, I think, for Aston Martin that they're, they have their, you know, I think they've realized that they're, they're in a constructors, a development race here now, and Mercedes have shown their hand strongly today, whether that translates as well when we get to Canada, but they've definitely shown their hand strongly Um yeah, I think that they've worked to do it. I think I think Aston Martin and Mer- Mercedes are definitely uh, sort of competitors for that second place in the constructors. What What about your what What are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. They are neck to neck. There's just what one point difference between both teams. So definitely, it's the it's the fight to see in the constructors the position, the second position, because uh, I don't see the Red Bull getting uh, getting fears of off a fight. For the well, it's
0: actually election. more than that now. It's actually, um, just cut across you, it is 18 points actually now. Mercedes are in second by 18 points on Aston Martin. So they've stretched a little bit of a gap there. I mean, that's, that's definitely relying on Lance Stroll to pull in some results. <laughs> <laughs> <First> <laughs> um, get, so that, that just based off today, and again, it's only one race, but look, that's what we're here to do. We're here to speculate and blow things out of proportion. Um but I mean that 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 would worry me. That would say to me, like you know, I, like that that I, I think that's difficult based off how strong Mercedes were today, and how weak Aston Martin. I'd like it, that's that's going to be a tough one to now start to get that back on level peg. I think Le- Aston
1: Martin needs to undo the upgrades if they want to get uh, some points. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, just go back to what you had. Oh Jesus, go back to a previous revision. Um. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm, uh, but actually, on, before we move on from Aston Martin, I mean, Lance Stroll did have a half decent day today. Um, considering, I mean, he's been, he's been having a poor run of it over the last while, being out qualified and outperformed by, um, his, uh, his teammate Alonso. So, I mean, he outperformed him in qualifying, outperformed him in the race. I mean, I think that's, that, that'll be good for his confidence now going into Canada, going into his home Grand Prix.
1: Yeah, there'll be some pressure on him that that's for sure I mean he's it's his some uh, race as you said and is' is improving his driving skills and the fact that Alonso is also we saw today like you said previously Alonso was saying look you just drive I'll stay here behind give you some cover or protecting if something bad happens mm. so stroll is confident that has Alonso as a good teammate. So that definitely will help in Canada. Speaking if of good
0: Aston Martin
1: uh,
0: downgrades, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, speaking of uh, good teammates, um, like as much mo- as good as Alonso was to not overtake Stroll, do you think maybe Stroll should have kind of gone? No, no, you're quicker. Go past because I mean, at the end of the day, Stroll is way down there in the in the driver standings, but Fernando Alonso is. I mean, he's now he's sitting 18 points behind Perez. So those extra couple of points would have helped him towards keeping in touch for second place in the drivers' standings.
1: I th- I think Alonso was more concerned about getting more points for Aston Martin rather than for itself.
0: Oh, and it... I know, that, but that's what I'm saying. Not battling. I'm not talking about them, them having a battle on track. I when Alonso says, "Don't you know tell Stroll or Lance not to worry about me overtaking. I'm just trying to keep a gap from the cars behind." sort of indicates oh don't worry about me like right on your tail and I'm much faster than you I'm just trying to stop the guys overtaking us from behind surely in that instance Lance Stroll would have went okay like you know he he's he's on for a second place in a drivers title let him by it was no danger to anybody and it would have secured the the team the same amount of points it just would have helped Alonso more in his second place in the drivers in the drivers um tables i think the was I think the thinking from Alonso was that if there was something,
1: Stroll was not would not be able to fight back. Ocon, for instance, as good as Alonso would, Alonso is more experienced. He knows Ocon from driving without being. Yeah, so maybe if something happened, Alonso was more would be more able to fight off Ocon than Stroll.
0: And actually, on Ocon, what what did you make of that overtake that Alonso had on Ocon down the down the straight? Did you feel? Do you think that was because I mean, most people are saying that it's uh, look, there was nothing in it. Do you feel he made two moves like he kind of moved to the right and then moved to the right again? Like it was sort of he blocked him and then and then pushed again, uh, you know, sort of pushed him out further again.
1: Yeah, that 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 was almost a dick move from Argon what he tried to do, but Alonso was, already, was ahead already of him. Yeah, you know what he was doing. Argon was just trying to. Say uh, I'll I'll fight just for a second, and that's
0: it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Alonso had the move done already, but I just thought when they were talking about the double, the, the sort of the, you know that you can't have a double move. It's it's it, it's strange because usually when you're talking about a double double move, um, you're sort of talking about you know a dramatic sort of left to right move, um, whereas this in this instance it was sort of a right to right uh maneuver. Um, and I think I think it was uh, Nico Rosberg who was talking afterwards. And he was sort of saying that it was aggressive, but it was sort of in it was part of this the one maneuver. I was like, I don't know. Like I was watching it from Alonso uh, on board, and you kind of see Ocon he moved out. They were co- kind of like a fraction of a second, obviously in you know after that maneuver, and then there was a second maneuver as Alonso tried to go around him again. So he kind of blocked a second time. So I was like, yeah, I wasn't sure that was a, that was. Uh, that was allowed. Now it was a bit naughty, but uh, it still gave us some 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 sort of excitement. Anyway, in the race, it was
1: a bit naughty, but I think Ocon knew that uh, it would end up bad for Ocon if it just forced uh, Alonso to go off track, yeah, like to did did for for uh, Joe.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, was there did did was there any penalty given for to um to Sonoda? To yeah, that... dropped to dropped drop to b twelve. That's so right. Joe yeah,
1: ended up on the b nine. In it was a five second.
0: Then. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's move on from so, so we're moving on from uh Aston Martin. Well, a kind of our, our our Mercedes Aston Martin uh collaboration there to Ferrari to the continuous clown show that is Ferrari every single week. Um okay, so right, position-wise, we had uh Carlos Sainz starting started P2 finished P5 and then we had Charles Leclerc starting P19 or effectively from the pit lane and finishing P11 so good lord which one of these disasters do we tackle first <laughs> um let's go with Carlos Sainz i suppose he finished the highest um okay uh what do you make of that? <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. what do we say? It's an embarrassment.
1: I mean, starting from P2 and end up on P5. And we, I haven't referred Ferrari since we started talking because I don't remember to see Ferrari. I remember seeing signs uh, at, at, the, at the start. But then after that, after a few laps, we don't see Ferrari anymore. Clark is like a shadow of, of himself. Mm. I mean in the old days Leclerc starting from the pit lane wouldn't have stopped him to finish in P six or P seven. And well, today we didn't see anything like that. Signs it mm. was a shadow of himself again once he went into Pit and he never came back again to the to the podium levels. He finished P five just ahead of stroll, but that's that's it.
0: And on Carlos signs, there was a. It was a strange one because at the start he was he was on the radio saying that basically that there was more pace to come. Uh, so it sounded like he was just sort of nursing tires, making sure that he ha- you know he what they weren't uh, kind of burning through burn, burning up the tires um, for later on in the the stint. Um, and then it sort of just fell it fell suddenly just sort of dropped off, dropped off, dropped off, um, and uh, it's yeah it was it was it was just another poor result i think and also then when the the team were talking about bringing him in for a tyre change this is what we were talking about last week as well and the week before about a bit of a disconnect going on between the drivers and the team and there was a bit of an, another example of that today when carlos Sainz was asked to come in for the pit stop he had lewis hamilton catching him quite quickly from behind um to the point where i think they got the time down to it was under a second, I think. Um, they asked Carlos Sainz to come in, and in the end, he did come in. But he was sort of saying like, "Why? Like, you know, this is, you know, I don't need to come in." And I'm thinking, like, clearly you do. You're about to be overtaken on track. You're about to lose track position to Lewis Hamilton. Um, you're not, you're not keeping the, the the pace up at all. So it was just a bit strange. Do you feel that they they kind of? They cut off in that way like you know that or sorry that that, that the team are sort of on different pages consistently it it happened the same last year i think Uh, i don't know which
1: which race was it that uh, science was about to was driving was driving very well overtaking and suddenly in the middle and overtake they say box 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 just no and it was just why you know, he will start questioning why you want me to box right now in the middle of an overtake i mean his his mind yeah. is focusing on the overtake not on the on the pit but uh, yeah not good not not a good sign from
0: uh, from and, ferrari yeah and signs has a it seems to have it's strange signs seems to have a very different opinion as to what's going on at ferrari over what leclerc feels is going on at ferrari like signs feels that there's that that they're on the right page that they're that the car is making improvements um it just wasn't the the i think he said something to the effect of that this race just wasn't the race for their upgrades they basically brought the upgrades at the wrong time um but he sounded more positive so pin that for a second and then we look over here to car- uh, to charles leclerc who is a very different uh sort of opinion on what's going on I mean, he made no progress today. That car, he, he struggled with every overtake, every position he was gaining. Um, I mean, he it looked better than it was at one stage because he had, uh, you know, people ahead that hadn't, or sorry, that people he hadn't pit, sorry, and people ahead of him had, had done a pit stop. So he, I think he, at one stage, was up around seventh or something. But of course, as soon as he made his pit stop, he was back down in P17 or P16 or something like that. I mean, he got, I think, did he even finish after... um, No, even after Sonoda's time penalty, he still finished outside the point. So he finished 11th today, yeah. Uh, I mean, he then had an interview afterwards and he was just saying that he has no idea what's wrong with the car, that he... Couldn't understand from one stint to an to the next same set of tires, but car is behaving completely differently. Which I'm assuming he's talking about. I mean, the only change obviously happening there is the uh, reduction of fuel, so the weight difference in the car. Um. So, but he has no confidence in the car, whereas Carlos Signs maybe has little confidence in the team in terms of making their you know the strategy calls, but feels the car is maybe going in the right direction. I mean. It seems to be all over the place for Ferrari at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think the problem was Mattia uh, Benotti. I mean, he's been gone and we still didn't see any improvements either from a management perspective. The, the team, the pit lane, the pit crew, the pit wall, they're still doing the same thing as last year. Mm. And there's no results. I mean, they are doing... They're not doing good basically it's funny they you said
0: what... that sorry, I cut across you you said that at the start of I think it was on uh episode two or sorry on yeah, on the after um, the first or, or sorry after the second or third race, I think you said uh about Bonato should be back, you know that they fired the wrong guy I mean and Scotty sort of made a bit of a joke about it and thought you were off your off your rocker, but I mean i mean we're we're here at the at the Spanish Grand Prix now, and like you say we're seeing uh sort of Ferrari taken seem to be going backwards ever so slowly but surely going backwards and fred peresur surely now has to make some dramatic changes and uh get this team pointing in the right direction because like you say they, they sacked Bonato assuming that that was going to be the the, the, the sort of and uh, contribute to an improvement in the team but uh yeah nothing seems to be changing you're right that they saw uh sucking Mati Binotto like the silver bullet, that would solve
1: all the problems. But I don't no. see that way. Binotto is gone. And if anything, Ferrari is worse without Binotto than it was before. Yeah.
0: Well, look, we'll see now when it gets to Canada. I mean, I, I know we say this each week that we'll know more after the following race. But I mean, this was the first race we were going to have where we were seeing teams stretching their legs on the upgrades and really give them a bit of a test and give us a look at the pecking order. So I think next week now we're starting to get back into, uh, or sorry, not next week, in the next race, in two weeks' time, we're going to start seeing more of a sort of settling back into the field and we'll see where Ferraris stand. Uh, Usually, I I think Canada is usually a fairly favorable race for the Ferraris, but um, I'm saying that now without actually checking. turns out you could turn around to me now and say both drivers DNF'd last year. (laughs) I should have checked that one first. But uh, yeah, we'll know more I think next week, and it'd be interesting to see. But um, before we finish up, though, uh, I just want to make one more mention on the McLarens. I mean, this was bizarre. I mean, we saw the qualifying, and I think we were all surprised with a P three from um, a P three, sorry, from Lando Norris, and I think it was a P nine, was it from Piastri? Yeah, P nine from Piastri, and I thought wow this is uh this is McLaren now starting to to throw some shapes but you joked saying like yeah you were saying now Hamilton's gonna take them easy into into turn one and I was like oh no I think I think Norris now is gonna be a tough tough one to overtake and well like you say that was lasted about 30 seconds and they were back at the end of the grid again (laughs) back to normal basically yeah back to business as normal and I mean Lando had uh, he had an interview there and he was just saying that the they had they had the, the the single lap pace um although they were surprised at the single lap pace they had the single lap pace but outside of that they were well aware that they weren't going to finish inside the top 10 uh, in the po- points today which is a sad state of affairs considering you can extract the pace to get p3 uh from that car and not be able to be inside even in a p9 or p10 position
1: if uh, if Norris hasn't uh, had damage when he when he not crashed but yeah he touched the uh, Hamilton back wheel if he hadn't do that and had to go to pit maybe there will be some excitement uh, from McLaren's side i'm not saying that Norris would finish third as he as he started but i'm, I'm sure he would able i mean once from a it's easier to to feel more motivated if you are driving on the top 10 and you're fighting for the points than if you are on the last or on the P 17 or P 16 and trying mm-hmm. to fight your way through the backpack so i wonder if that didn't happen if norris was able to to finish inside the points like the old norris from 2022
0: yeah, it's it, it was a, yeah it was terrible to see. Uh, I just I just I genuinely thought there was some sort of improvement that happened at McLaren, but uh, sadly no. Um, hopefully now though they they do sort of start picking up because I mean well, I suppose Lando Norris hopes. I mean he's signed a hell of a long time contract with McLaren, so he'd want to see something happening soon. But. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, I think we can leave it there for our race review. I mean, we can otherwise we'll be rambling on about everybody. Uh, I think everyone's heard enough of us for now.
1: I think one last mention uh, was uh, Joe Birthday this weekend, twenty four years old, and he got two points for Alpha Romeo. Oh,
0: was it his birthday as well? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> Do you know? I was shocked. My uh, like my wife came in. She was. I was watching the 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 race, and Jane came in. She goes. Um, I said, I said, Joe's in, I think he was in ninth or something at that stage. He was battling away. And uh, I think she was as shocked, <laughs> shocked as I was. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was a good, a good, good drive from him. I mean, it was solid. I mean, he, he's, although I have to say anyone outside of the, I'm just looking there where, where, where Joe finished. Like, was there anybody outside of there actually challenging? I mean, they were all kind of, they were all fighting for scraps really, weren't they? <laughs> but look, okay, look, I, I'm <laughs> finding ways to take it away from you. Happy birthday, Joe! <laughs> and let me and let me not take away your two point glory. Let Let's uh, go on with driver of the day. Then who who are you given uh, the the official driver of the day was given to Lewis Hamilton, but we know from earlier on in the podcast you said you didn't think he had a hell of a lot to do. He was cruising around in second place. So who you, who's your driver of the day?
1: Uh, I think I'll I'll give it to Paris. I think he struggled more to get that. Uh p four than uh than any other
0: driver, so I would vote on Paris, would you not think Paris should have done better than p four in that car like he, you're kind he, of giving him drive the day because it's it's almost like uh it's almost like one of those uh, you know um what what do you call it? like you know when when the kids do the sports day and everyone gets a medal <laughs> just for taking of, part he struggled to get that p four we could see that.
1: Russell for instance would be a very good uh, uh would it is a very good race as well, considering the he, he started on P twelve and up on P two, but I think he didn't struggle as much as Paris. Paris is he oh. fought very hard to finish on that P four. More yeah. than it should, to be fair. It should be easy, but it was very easy for Russell to get to P two and Paris was I don't know, he he was like you, you, you it's like he's, he's driving a red bull shouldn't be as hard to finish on the on which is the
0: very reason bull. I wouldn't give him driver of the day is <laughs> he just he made he made a meal out of it uh well look i'm going to be on the opposite side i'm going to I'll, of uh, the the drivers on that argument there you you mentioned george russell and i think have to say, i think i'd have given george russell that um driver of the day even for the even even if for nothing else other than that cheeky little move on uh, in turn one where he, he managed to to retain position, um. So yeah, yeah, I thought Russell did a great job. I think uh, he had to he had to battle through traffic after pit stops and and managed to get the podium. And if I'm honest, I think that's what um, I think that's what Perez should have done. I mean, keep in mind George Russell finished or started behind Perez today and finished on the podium. Your driver of the day finished <laughs> behind <laughs> behind Russell. So um uh, but start look
1: one position ahead.
0: Yeah look that that's that's the that's the point of this I suppose.
1: The official stats is Hamilton got driver of the day with twenty four point seven percent Paris second with nineteen
0: point two and Russell in third with eleven point five percent. Yeah, I think there's a conspiracy there. I think Russell definitely deserved it. I would, why was Perez voted a second Like, I mean, he started behind Russell, finished behind, or started ahead of Russell, finished behind Russell in a in a superior car. All right, on to the predictions. Obviously, we've no Scotty here this week, so Isidro is going to be handling uh, Scotty's predictions from uh, Spain, and also Scotty was so kind to text us through his results, or sorry, his predictions for Canada uh, or via our WhatsApp group. So we have them ready to go and Azidro will deliver them as well. So before we go to Canada, let's hit Spain. So I had to finish P1 for Stappen. So yeah, no big surprise there. So that's a point there. I had Hamilton in P2. I'll be honest. That's I've only just read that right this second. That's a shock to me because I thought I had Hamilton in P3. So... <laughs>
1: Hamilton was shocked as well to finish P two. So
0: yeah, I'll I'll take that. That's happy days. And Alonso, then I had in P three, which clearly did not happen. Um, now, uh, Isidro, I'll let you. uh, Oh no, so I'll I'll call out Scotty's here. You can do Scotty's for Canada. I'll call out Scotty's for Spain. So, uh, Scotty had uh, Verstappen on P one, which is correct. He had Alonso in P two. Jesus, that was worse than mine. And he had Russell in P three. Fair enough, he got that one. Jesus,
1: that's a good call.
0: That was a good call, yeah. Um, all right, Zedro, give me uh, your First happened first, Perez yep. second, oh. and Alonso
1: third.
0: You were on a you, you were you were gaining gaining ground last week, and you're in danger now of slipping again. <laughs> oh, it's gone. All right. Well, I had my flop this week was a si- signs with a DNF, but I mean, in theory, I think it was a flop anyway, but it wasn't a DNF, so I get nothing for that. Um, Scotty also had signs in DNF and copied my homework, so uh, we'll give a big goose egg there. And a my, zero. My flop couldn't be further.
1: From yeah, what happened? <laughs> Hamilton DNF. Oh Jesus! I was expecting Hamilton to crash against Gasly. Yeah, but then that would... things changed, and Gasly got the penalty, moved back to P10, so the danger was over.
0: Well, our surprises are uh, no better than our flops. Uh, <laughs> I had K Mag in uh, to finish inside the top ten. That did not happen. Scotty had Alex Albon to finish inside the top ten. Also did not happen. And Oh, I blame
1: Yuki Tsunoda for this. Yeah. Tsunoda is top 10 and he decided to mess up. The birthday boys race. And forced Joe outside of the track and got a penalty and finished
0: outside the top 10. Finish P12. Well, that means then it finishes a draw between me and Scotty this week, so we share the points. So that is one point for me and one point for Scotty. And unfortunately, Zedro, that means you are now falling behind. Sorry, I have to sneeze, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's gone. It's gone. Um. Okay. Like two, two points difference. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big gap early on now in the in the season. Um. All right, so Canada, right? I'll uh, I'll be honest. I'm 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 locking in the same results I did in Spain. So I'm going with Hamilton P1. Oh, sorry, no, I'm not. I'm going for Stapp P1. Hamilton P2, and Alonso. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Martin recovering for uh, for Canada and uh, Alonso P3. Assuming that uh, they downgrade. And assuming they downgrade, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, for Canada. He has Max Verstappen first. Of course he does. Perez, Alonso second, Perez third.
0: Alonso second and Perez third. Because judging off his current form, Perez is the way to go, all right. Um, All right, who (laughs) are you going with, Azidro? Max first. Yeah.
1: Perez second. Hamilton third
0: place. Jesus! Everybody is are both uh, thinking Perez is going to recover from his recent poor form. Oh, although apparently you gave him driver the day today, so I mean, <laughs> if if Perez does well on qualification,
1: I think they are good. I mean, last year in Canada he had the uh, engine troubles, so he yeah, retired. But I'm hoping Perez do better now.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go. So now the the flops are in. I'm going to go with Leclerc with a DNF. I just have a feeling he's under pressure now. He's getting annoyed with that car and he may just overdo it in Canada and stick it in a wall.
1: Uh, Scotty has the same look like DNF.
0: Oh, does he? I didn't copy your homework, uh, Scotty. <laughs> uh, who are you going with, Isidro?
1: My flop is Ocon DNF.
0: Ocon DNF. Are you gonna go with reliability or crash? You don't have to lock it in, just curious.
1: Uh I think it'd be more crash. The yeah, I think quite reliable.
0: Be nice if we get a little bit of like a mix of a wet and dry race in Canada just to spice it up a bit. Um, I can see
1: Ocon trying to pull the same move as he did with Alonso, but with a less experienced driver, and that's gonna end up the game for both.
0: Yeah, that would that, that would that would be interesting to see him do that against Logan Sargent. <laughs> <laughs> channeling his inner latifi um all right so my surprise for canada i'll be honest i struggled with this one i hadn't a clue who, who was gonna i know we don't have to go with the top 10 as a surprise but I, I i was still struggling for for something so i'm gonna go with hulkenberg hulkenberg to finish inside the top 10 I mean that It'll is a big
1: surprise for everyone. It will be
0: a big surprise for everyone, and I can't stand Haas, so it, it's it's something I don't really want to do, but I have to do it. Well, for uh,
1: someone doesn't like us, you had K Mag in Spain and now Hulkenberg.
0: I'm all about the points. I'm pouring myself out for the points. <laughs> I need to <the> win. <laughs> all right, who's uh, who's Scotty gone with for the, his surprise? Well, Clark got uh
1: sorry, Scotty got Gasly B nine.
0: Wait. Gasly P9.
1: Yeah.
0: The fuck he I'm giving him that. Hang on a second. Like, what's he thinking? Like Gasly finished it, like top ten today. He qualified in he was in the top, he was in Q3 for qualifying as well, well this weekend.
1: He, he's calling the, the specific position, so I think that's why yeah, uh, I
0: he, all right. all right. He's not here to fucking... Yeah, alright. <laughs> Gasly P9. I hope and you don't get size, it, Scotty.
1: If it was Gasly P10, uh, top 10 or something,
0: I think... Yeah, good. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Alright, who's... Uh, who are you going with the for a surprise then? Norris, top 10. Oh, after today, yeah, that is a surprise. There's more chance of Hülkenberg, I think, getting in the top 10 <laughs> than there is Norris getting in the top 10. Um. All right, well, look, that locks in our uh, results. I'll just save that off now. That locks in our predictions for Canada, um, and we will be back in two weeks' time with the Canadian Grand Prix Race Review, and I think we will have a return of Scotty, so we will be back to our normal uh, format and not this car crash that you've had to endure with me at the wheel. So uh, till then, we will see you in two weeks' time.